Now, investigations continuing into the assault of a US tourist in Dublin last Wednesday evening over the weekend. A teenager was arrested in connection with the incident on Talbot Street and has been charged. Our reporter, Josh Crosby, has been down to that area of Dublin city centre uh, this afternoon and he's with me now in studio. What is the latest on all of this, Josh? Well, as you said there, Kieran, one teenage boy was arrested in connection with the alleged assault on Stephen Termini, who was visiting Ireland from America the boy was charged at a special court sitting yesterday and remanded on bail. Now, the victim was brought to Beaumont Hospital and since then there has been a GoFundMe page set up, which I just checked in the past few minutes and it's at around €90,000 now. And on that GoFundMe page, his son says that the man is in a coma after suffering various injuries and is currently in a critical condition. In the last few minutes, literally in the less than two minutes ago, councillors have just finished up meeting with the Assistant Garda Commissioner to highlight the ongoing issues in the inner city. Look, you know, I know, the, the listeners know, this is not the first time there's been a negative story to come out of this part of town and look, sadly, it probably won't be the last, but there are assaults taking place every single day right across the country. But there does seem to be a sense that because this happened to a tourist and it's now reached the news in the US, I can only imagine there will be a more impactful response immediately. This afternoon, I met with business owners, shop workers, locals and tourists to get a feel for the area. Now, this first club, first clip is of two separate business owners. Firstly, we'll hear from Fayaz, who runs a phone and computer shop. And there's also John, who has a sewing machine shop. They both have had very different experiences operating on Talbot Street. It's very bad situation here, you know. God can't do anything. They can't help full here. The business is very bad. The people, you know, that bring the even knife is well here. The came is my shop as well. They said, you give me phone. And my luckily... One guy, my son, is inside. They come back, they bring some, you know, hammers, then they run away. A couple of times spoke with the guard, they can't do anything. Two years ago, they break my window. Teenagers come, they, they snatch things. My name's John, I'm out of the Singer shop. I'm here for the last 45 years. The shop's here 150 years. There's quite a lot going on on the street. The B&Bs that used to be here, they're turned into for the homeless you know what I mean so the street itself has changed dramatically every street has its story to tell so like anywhere you go in the world you're going to hear stories about everything you know it's it's like this street is a good street it's a it's a good community street so what can be done to enhance that community even more and what resources would you like to see put into it well, like, you know, when tourists come into Dublin City, the first thing they're going to walk onto is Talbot Street. So you have the train station, you have the bus station, you have the main airport buses coming in as well. Uh, I think really they should try and keep the street a little bit more cleaner, more presence of Gardaí on the street. And you said, have you ever had many incidents? Never had any incidents whatsoever. No, no. As I said, the shop's here 150 years. Never had any incidents. Touch wood now, you know what I mean? All right, a couple of businessmen there uh, in Dublin's Talbot Street talking about the reality of, of doing business there. You mentioned this meeting, though, that's taken place with all these different stakeholders. What do we know about that, Josh? Well, as I said, it just finished up now and people will have seen the photo of the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, taking a walk down around the area. And this is all in reaction to this attack. Um, coming from that meeting, we know that there were over 2,000 arrests made in the city centre in June. Uh, 48 new recruits will start in the next two weeks in the city centre. And this is what I've been hearing from people working in the area, that they want to see a greater police presence. But then there are also some valid points that... It, does not, it doesn't all come down to security and policing, that the issues run much deeper than this. And I suppose for people who are working there day in, day out, they want measures that will 
decrease the level of antisocial behaviour as quickly as possible. I met with Labour Councillor Joe Costello earlier. Now, Councillor Costello attended this meeting with the Assistant Garda Commissioner and he outlined a number of moves that he would like to see to help the inner city, such as more like management of the council-owned housing. He'd like to see communities coming together to embrace their area, each little urban pocket. But I think people may find one of his suggestions particularly interesting. Joe Costello says there are ways and means of bringing more Gardaí into Dublin. So we're very concerned with the level of antisocial behaviour that's there and uh, it's something that's reflected in by the residents and by the businesses in general around the inner city. There have been similar meetings to this in the past. We've seen the attention the newly opened Garda station on O'Connell Street got. How would you like to see this response being different this time or how can it be different? You're quite right. There has been a lot of meetings before. There's been a lot of activity in this area. There's been a lot of focus on the whole issue of particularly drugs that have been around the area. There's been gangland activity in the inner city as well. So it's something that we're trying very hard to deal with and the North East Inner City Task Force was established and has done great work, there's no doubt about that. But I suppose in the first instance what's required is greater Garda visibility. What I would like to see in relation to that approach is that not all of the Garda training would take place in Templemore but that would be the latter part of the training should take place in an urban setting like Dublin, so that there would be, you know, a probationary period or the later period of the Garda training would be in the Dublin context, and that would mean an extra influx of Garda into the capital, but also it would mean that Garda would be adjusted to urban setting and to urban policing to a greater degree, because Templemore is a country area, and I think, while no doubt the training is very good there, nevertheless, Ireland now has become a big centre of urban population at the present time, so we certainly need that. A large chunk of them should come to the inner city area and to deal with the policing here in the height of the summer, the, the tourist season in particular. We can't, under any circumstances, to have any no-go area in the city. That means that we're handing it over to antisocial elements and that means that we're not in control of our own capital city. We can't allow that. That's an interesting suggestion. So so more of the training done in urban environments like Dublin, Cork, Galway, Limerick, you mentioned it, maybe a little bit less in, in Templemore. I wonder what maybe guards listening to the show think of that. Oh, it's Evan 1400 106. That's the suggestion from Joe Costello. But uh, Josh, what about the public spending time in this area? What do they think need to be done? Well, for this, I said I'd speak with a mixture of those who are living nearby, Irish people who are living in another part of Dublin, but also some tourists visiting the country. As we know, look, our greatest product is our tourism. And with this latest attack now being talked about around the world, I wanted to get the reaction from people visiting Dublin. The Irish American papers are covering it. The BBC, the Daily Mail, the New York Post leads with New York dad brutally attacked by teens on dream trip to Ireland may lose one of his eyes. So not a good for our image at all, at all. But look, who better to ask if they feel safe here than the tourists themselves? We'll hear from a mixture of locals and visitors. First is Richard from Vancouver in Canada. He starts off telling me the purpose of his visit, but he says you need to be mindful of your surroundings in every city. Business and pleasure, we have ancestors who lived here. So So you're you're mixing up a bit of work and play. Work and play, yes, absolutely. And how are you finding your time in Dublin, where we are in particular now, down in the inner city? Um, Not bad, yeah, it's okay. And any times have you ever felt unsafe or anything? Not unsafe, but cautious, yeah. Definitely. Vancouver's no different. But I don't find it threatening, but then again, I'm not coming out at night and that. But during the day, it's fine. And I, 
I love Dublin. It's good buzz in it. Would you like kind of try to take steps to make sure that you're not out at night or that you're not going to certain areas? Or like, is that well, I wouldn't be walking up and down here at night. I would, yeah. It's a bit dodgy. There's no doubt about that. But even in the daytime, like, it's dreary. It's snow. It could be trees or can't just sit down. And In other cities, anywhere else I've been, you know, you can sit down. And so, so the answer is not just policing. There needs to be spaces space, to, to make yeah, it attractive. Yeah, yeah, and benches and that make the place sociable. You know, you sit down, you're probably going to talk to the person beside you. And how do you feel now walking through the area here? Um, it can be dirty in certain areas, but overall I find it okay. I yeah. think there's a nice buzz in the area. There's lots to do in the city centre. So yeah. overall, you, know, you feel safe? In the city centre, in, in the evenings, definitely not. I definitely wouldn't be hanging around on my own after nine, ten o'clock. All right. Listen, mixed views, I guess you'd describe that mm. as, Josh, from, from tourists, people kind of mingling around the area. But what about the people then who, who spend all day every day or certainly all day every work day in the area? We heard from a couple of business owners, but staff who, who man these yeah. businesses. So, Kieran, I, I must say I was glad to meet with John from the sewing machine shop in the first clip because he, he didn't have a bad experience. But there were more business owners out there. They didn't want to talk to me at all. They said they wouldn't go on air in case they'd be identified. Uh, And what I'm going to say now and in the next clip of audio may be quite distressing for some listeners, but I was shown videos today of the business owners on their phones of assaults taking place inside their shops and actually making the movements, showing me how the knives were being put up to their necks. And just in the brief few seconds, I was even experiencing it. It was strange. But for the staff having to deal with this in a real life situation with a total stranger, it can only be absolutely terrifying. I spoke with one girl now who's been working in the area for six years she was too afraid to give me her name and and I said I wouldn't name the business where she was working it was a busy spot now what she has ended up doing is driving to and from work and going in the back entrance and exit because she's worried about what she might face out on the street now once again this clip is quite graphic she says they're constantly having to put up with abuse I'm threatened every day that someone will uh, cut my head off that they're waiting for me outside and uh, I just don't want to go even on the front door out on Talbot Street. Why do the confrontations take place? So mostly they're trying to steal something and uh, we have no security as we can't afford it. And even with security, they're coming in groups of two, three. So if someone is in the front, they would go, another guy would go in the back and just try to rob there. So they're robbing all the time. It's like the amount of robbing is... (laughs) crazy and when you come to them you confront them they would say uh, they just put stuff in their pockets they don't care if, even if you wash them have you or your colleagues ever been physically assaulted oh yes of course uh, from spitting pushing hitting kicked and does it ever make you consider having to look for a new job or work in a different area yes i was uh, there was a period when I was uh, feeling uh, really mentally not ready, like every time when I need to come up to someone and when they are robbing and say something to them, I would just start shaking and uh, I would feel really, really bad. I would shake for like another 10 minutes. It's happening even now when I just come up to someone. I, I don't know what's going to come from them. I'm afraid. It's actually horrible that I have to feel this way at work because I'm paying taxes, I'm working and I'm really hard working and I just think it's not fair for them to coming, robbing, assaulting us. You come here five, six days a week. What do you want to see being done or what can be done to help the area? 
what can be done. I think the area has to be uh, cleared because it's mostly all the time same people. It just have to be cleared because they are no good for anyone. All right, listen, really harrowing stuff uh, there, uh, Josh. Uh, thank you very much for that report. Uh, Josh Crosby there. We're going to come back to this issue a little bit later because, as Josh mentioned, uh, stakeholders in different meetings uh, throughout the day uh, to discuss how some of these issues might be tackled, uh, why that uh, that employee shouldn't have to or how they might avoid having to face uh that type of reality going into work um, day in, day out, whether these have been talking shops or whether something concrete might come out of them. We're great at talking shops in this country. Will today be any different? We'll find out a little bit later. 087 1400 106 